Hello and welcome to the second episode of On My Ones podcast. My name is Alvin Thor and I will be your host for this show. Today people I am joined by a really good friend of mine. I met him a couple of years ago. I think it was 2017. Um I won't get into the story right now but I shall let my guest introduce himself. Shem, please tell the people who you are. I already said my name so I'm guessing <laughs> they already know. But anyway, uh, my name is Shem Obara. I am a photographer. Uh mostly doing editorial portrait events and lifestyle photography. Yeah. <laughs> All right, people, you've heard for yourself. It's Shamo Barra, and now I shall give you the story of how I met him. So this was back in 2017. Um it was a Sunday, I believe, and my friend called Kwesi told me, "Let's go to town and let's just shoot some portraits." I was like, "Okay, sour." So I went to town and I think we passed by some restaurant. I think it was Subway if I'm not wrong, and and I met Shem And on that day he's like, "Oh, I know you." And I'm like, oh, "Who are you?" And he's like, "Shem." I'm like, hey, I've never heard of a Shem, but yeah, I knew you, bro. <laughs> Not in a bad way, but since that day and I think, bro, I'm just inspired by your work on Instagram to be honest. Your portraits are very, very immaculate. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> bro, in fact, I even think those ones uh when i was i was struggling with my photography i had asked you if i could help you in like a project you're doing and i think you uh-huh. were with uh i think Cynthia and Frank if i'm not wrong in town yeah. oh yeah i can't even remember it well you came Bro, to that shoot yeah i was holding the reflector for you <laughs> ah, yeah 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 i'd actually forgotten all about that <laughs> mine I remember it cuz I really wanted to know how to take portraits cuz I think for me I am not too into portraits so I was like I I have to you know at least sharpen up my skills so yeah I hit you up I came through I took a bit of pictures but yeah that's you know the little I appreciate to be honest man oh nice 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 man yeah so bro my first question for you is uh-huh. do you remember like the first time you held a camera and like you fell in love with photography and you're like i want to do this man that's 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 an interesting question alvin um first time i held a camera like personally i've grown up around cameras my dad is also a photographer so uh many times like you know he'd be working like he'd be having his own gear then i just like as a kid walk mm-hmm. by you know play with the stuff Yeah, and uh, and then it didn't really like dawn on me until after high school that mm-hmm. I decided to like take it more seriously mm-hmm. but ah it was pretty late like i'd say as a kid yeah i was always playing with cameras and i guess i grew into them mm-hmm. yeah so you mentioned so, that your dad was a photographer you said that right yes yes he was Did you ever like you know the way? Right, by the way, guys, as we're <laughs> doing this podcast, I am I am actually like editing a picture. So, 
respect the grind. Yeah, bro. So I wanted to ask you, like, did you ever have those like father-son type of days? Yani where your dad just carries you off to his shoots and you just see how he does his thing. Uh yes, I'd say yes. Because I remember this one particular time. Uh we had gone to like because he works mostly for the he worked for the um media, the he was a journalist. Mm-hmm. So we do like a lot of news. Mm-hmm. when he was going out for his assignment. Mm-hmm. So I remember this particular time we were going for a safari rally event. Yeah. That was pretty late. Like, as a kid, I was very playful. Mm-hmm. So my dad is there as a photographer. I'm seeing him, like, right in front, trying to get a shot of a rally car coming by. Mm-hmm. And then me, I just decided to go up to the, like, the path for the, uh, the car to go through. Mm-hmm. And I was just there like as a kid. Can you imagine mm-hmm. the rally car like came and then drifted like right around me trying to avoid uh-huh. me. And then my dad just like came and picked me up. Like, <laughs> that was actually like one of one of my favorite times. Uh, like going around cameras mm-hmm. and seeing what my dad was doing. Then I'm guessing that's where like I got my confidence from uh, mm-hmm. for shooting and you know just being in uh, positions where like cameras I can just use them mm-hmm. so yeah can you say that your dad's been your biggest inspiration hmm. he has he has I'd mm-hmm. say he has he has really really helped me uh, pick up my skills Mm-hmm. and grow and he's been supportive in terms of like you know allowing me to understand which kind of photography is best best suited for like my style because mm-hmm. you know like photography also has its own part genres like uh there are some photographers who like a certain kind of uh genre like wildlife or food and then others like portraits and Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, all the rest. So he helped me understand which one uh, to go with, and mine was more artistic in yeah. nature as opposed to him. Like he was more of journalism, photojournalism. I decided to go more for the art side, and he was. I mean, as much as he gives me advice about <laughs> uh, with a, with a, with a journalistic point of view, yeah. It's still like really, really good, and I get to understand some of it. So, for the listeners who do not know who you are, how would you describe your style in photography? My style? Ah, that's an interesting question. My style in photography is, I'd say it's ambiguous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why, why ambiguous it's ever changing like i can't settle on one one style uh-huh. today i can be doing like normal lifestyle portraits tomorrow i'm doing editorial work and exploring like you know the artistic vibe the yeah. next day you see me i'm shooting food because you know i love food <laughs> oh, you love and then other food. time oh yeah i love food 
food. I love food. Oh. And then the other challenge you can be finding, like, you know, I just want to do some product photography. It's ever-changing. Maybe one time I, I can be asked to go to Masai Mara mm-hmm. and shoot wildlife. I mean, I can't refuse because I have shot animals too before. So yeah. my style is very, very not settled. Mm-hmm. I always want to explore new new ways to shoot new styles and all that. Okay, I think I think that's a very good picture you've painted. I'm going to take you back I, a bit. I hope so. uh-huh. Just back a bit. Uh, tell me about your upbringing. Like, where did you grow up? Was it Nairobi? Was it a different country? Ah, uh, I grew up in Nairobi, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Fully Nairobi. I schooled in South B, moved to Makini, uh-huh. went to Kakamega High School. High school. It's just fully Nairobi, fully Kenyan uh-huh. experience with me. Uh, do you think people viewed you differently in high school? Like, I'm, 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 I'm imagining that maybe your photography journey started like now when you were a kid. Did, did you, did you see the world differently in high school? And then people would look at you and be like, "Ah, oh, if you remember very well, Alvin, I told you that I started my photography journey. Like, I decided to be more serious with it after high school. After high school, huh? Yeah, so during high school, I mean, I used to see some of my classmates, you know, starting out their own thing. And I was like, hey, you guys, after high school, I'm going to also do my thing. So we'll meet mm-hmm. to Kombele. And they were like, okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> so yeah, it started after high school for me. Bro, you know, one thing I've noticed about you is you had many shoots with quote-unquote, like, I'd say famous people. <laughs> famous, that one. That's a very interesting one, okay? <laughs> no, for example, like, I think I was going through your feed once again yesterday and I encountered a picture with, like, Kagwe Mungai. Like, bro, how did that happen? Like, what's the story behind it? Kagwe is is an interesting network. Um, I met Kagwe from MDQ. I was mm-hmm. shooting with MDQ. And then through her, I met Kagwe. Like, she introduced me to Kagwe at one point. There was an event. I'm guessing it must have been Blankets, if I'm not wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, during Blankets and Wine, she introduced me to Kagwe. Oh, no, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. Ah, it was, sorry, it was a certain, it was during her album launch, mm-hmm. Mudoni, Drama Queen's album launch, that I met Kagwe, because he was one of the performers. Mm-hmm. So I took them shots of him during the album launch, he liked them, when I tagged him on Facebook, uh, sorry, on Instagram, and afterwards, like, after a few months, he hit me up for a shoot, he loved mm-hmm. the pictures, and that's how we started working together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bro, let me, I feel like, is there anyone, a photographer or model, uh-huh. that you feel like how you met them or the circumstances in which you encountered them was amazing? Mm-hmm. Like, is that one that stands that. out for you? I mean, if you want to talk about some of them, please be uh-huh. my guest. Ah, okay, okay. Um, We have... 
I'll tell you. For mm -hmm. one, it's MDQ. Mm -hmm. MDQ is legit. Oh my God, sorry. I have messed up my picture a bit. <laughs> Turns out multitasking is for, not, not for only us, mm -hmm. not for all of us. Uh, so let's start again. <laughs> okay. One thing that stands out for me, like one of my one of the people that I met and uh, turned out to be like one of the greatest things that happened so far in my life would be MDQ. Mm -hmm. Shooting, working with MDQ has been a very huge eye opener for me. Like in terms of the creative industry, I have learned a lot from hanging out with them, meeting up with uh, different people who have mm -hmm. their own different styles and different views and just working with them and creating like dope things. Mm -hmm. MDQ is like at the top mm -hmm. uh, of the people. Uh, I can tell you how we actually met if that's a story you'd be willing to hear. <laughs> I mean, take it wherever you want it, man. <laughs> yeah, cool, cool, I'm, cool, I'm cool. eager to so, listen. Yeah, so um, I went up with MDQ during Africa Nouveau, the first Africa Nouveau. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember like that's the first time uh, she was performing uh, during, not, not the first time, but she was performing during the event. And like that's the first time I attended an event she was performing and I had my camera with me. Mm -hmm. So I went, it was at Gong Race Course. Mm -hmm. I, Went there, long story short, I had a hundred shillings in my pocket <laughs> <laughs> after struggling to get tickets. Uh -huh. And she was at, she was performing at nine mm -hmm. and I decided to stay, sorry, at 12 midnight and I decided to stay mm -hmm. because I had to get those pictures. <laughs> mm -hmm. So now, <clears throat> I did have cleared my throat. <clears> throat> Sanitize, guys. So now, um, her, I watched her perform. She came on stage. Yeah. She performed. I was getting my pictures. My pictures were dope at the time. Like I was still, you know, a start, a starting out photographer. Mm -hmm. uh, I was right there with the audience. I was just watching those big shots, like from stage, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, taking the pictures. But I still struggled, and then as she, was, she had a really, really, really dope performance, mm -hmm. I got my, I got this one particular shot that stood out that I really loved. Mm -hmm. um, and then I remember there's another time at some point during her performance, there mm -hmm. were like some streamers that were blown. Mm -hmm. Then one of them like came directly in front of my camera lens, and I couldn't like get the picture. Mm -hmm. So I had to like stretch and look awkward in front of everyone, like trying to get the stream out of the way <laughs> so that I could get my shot. And mm -hmm. her, she was right there on stage performing. And she, 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 she spotted me. Like she was like, bro, what are you doing? And then like I noticed her smiling through, like mm -hmm. as I was stretching out to pick up the stream. And then I got my shot. Then uh, the next morning, so with a mm -hmm. hundred bob in my pocket, let's not forget. I went and slept at my friend's place. Uh -huh. Like, he lived nearby in Gong Race Coast. 
Then in the morning, I didn't even go home. I was helping out my other friend to shoot in K1. His name was Charles. And during like that shoot, uh, I downloaded the pictures straight to my phone and then like just worked on them with Visco. Because mm-hmm. one thing I know about like event photography is the sooner they're up, the better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I made sure like to at least get a few highlights of the event mm-hmm. uh, out there for people. And she, like, she literally saw it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's a very iconic shot. It's on Instagram. Um, it's of her performing in like an orangey kind of smoky uh, stage. Yeah. It was really really good. Uh-huh. And so when she spotted that picture, she was like, "Okay, Shem, I like your eye. I like your photography. So if you are willing, I could like, you know, ask you to come through." For another mm-hmm. shoot that I'm doing, and I was like, "Cool!" Like I was so psyched up, and yeah. <laughs> this is just like That's how doors open. Mm-hmm. Awesome, fantastic opportunity, bro! Wow. Oh yeah, definitely. Thank you. Yo, yo, since we're still talking about the event scene, I wanted to ask you: How do you balance between like shooting and enjoyment? Because it's an event, bro, and obviously you vibe with the music. So how do you balance between the two? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I'd say one thing for me is mm-hmm. make sure you get the pictures first before mm-hmm. enjoy, enjoying, like before anything, mm-hmm. get the shots first. Because, you know, like photography is basically like, uh, let's say time travel. Mm-hmm. it stops a picture at, like it stops a moment at a certain time mm-hmm. so if you can like capture the best moments like capture the best times mm-hmm. you're good like when people see this picture of the event that happened and see like whoa okay this is like some really really good stuff mm-hmm. like you've basically done your job as a photographer mm-hmm. you have made someone uh, see the image and think of like and it has triggered a memory in them or it has triggered some sort of formal with them mm-hmm. and they have like felt the vibe of the event so you can't get that if you're like in another state or all yours on your own you yourself in another state like you're or whatever you've done and you're <laughs> you're all gone yeah. yeah, you have to get your shot first before enjoying. So that's that's how I normally do my events. Like when mm-hmm. I'm shooting at events, once I am sure that I have gotten my images, mm-hmm. I can I put my camera down, like I put it in a safe place, and then now it's time to like enjoy the moment. Because also, like that's those are one of the parts of doing doing the, doing the job. Like you enjoy yourself also as you do it. Mm-hmm. So it's not always seriousness, like sometimes stop and enjoy the moment mm-hmm. yeah wow cool bro and <laughs> what's been your best event so far to shoot at and tell me why all, you think all, it was all the blankets. best all blankets all blankets all that we can any event that has been done by uh, the blankets team mm-hmm. they're the best like those are the best events I've ever 
I've ever attended, I've ever shot at, and I've enjoyed personally. Why, why do you think blanket stands out for you? Uh, what's different uh, about blankets as compared to like Koroga Festival? What just makes blanket special for you? Uh, um, well, for one, the CEO of blankets herself, Miss and the few, like you know, with all the story behind it, I guess the event itself, her being the one who like you know runs it mm-hmm. together with her team. It feels like every time I'm, like I'm shooting there, it's, it reminds me of like the blessings that have come mm-hmm. through that meeting from one, like from one of their events. Mm-hmm. So always, it's always like a good time when I'm shooting over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bro, you know, I've just remembered something and I probably think I met you at the last blankets. Uh, you did? The the one that happened in December, not the January one. The, not the January one, yeah. The one for Sano Musician. I think uh, I was yes. there for that one. And ooh, it was a very <laughs> interesting day for me because, bro, <laughs> can you imagine I lost my phone on that, oh, on that event? <laughs> yeah, I did, bro. When I lost my phone... <laughs> why, why am I laughing? <laughs> Bro, as a friend of mine likes saying, I felt like a dog. It was so bad. It was really bad. Hey, you are one of those people who are like, hey, bro, where were you when you last had it? Uh, man, can I even tell you the worst part? Uh-huh. The next day, my phone's in Uganda. What the? Imagine. In a, in a, in a day. You tracked oh, it. I tracked it, yeah. I tracked it. It was in Uganda. Uganda, bro. <laughs> bro, anyway, I don't want to remember too much about that night. My, my friends know so it wasn't sorry. a good night for me. <laughs> I am so sorry. I don't know why I'm laughing. I'm such a horrible person. <laughs> nah, it's all good, bro. You know, let me tell you something about Nairobi. You have to use your phone a couple of times. And I feel like yeah. losing it in an event is better than losing it in Tao. Because if, if, oh, yeah, if you lose your phone in Tao, I mean, where do you even begin? Uh, let me ask you, what's the funniest thing that has happened to you in Tao? Like, Ile, you look back at this and you're like, and yeah, I played myself here. Ah, luckily for me, my guy, mm-hmm. thank God I am 6'2". Like, me when I'm walking in Tao, people don't normally, like, try and <laughs> do their thing. Ah, uh, 26 2 people can't get harassed. Nothing oh, like I that, mean, bro. <laughs> chances of them getting harassed as compared uh-huh. to our fellow vertically challenged brethren. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Some of us are too power height. Vana. Chances of something bad happening to us, but one one thing that stands out with Tao is that there's like a dude who always on bus like around archives. Oh that my guy. god! <laughs> okay, that that dude, that dude, I'll say for a fact, he has uh-huh. he has a special place in my head, in my mind. Mm-hmm. How he has survived all these years, I honestly do not know. Man, you know this guy. I think he's asked me twice and all the time he keeps mentioning that he has kids and he's not a bad guy. 
and he's Why? like Ati, if i wanted to steal from you <laughs> bro he's always told me that like until every time like we ever we ever meet each other he, he remembers me he's uh-huh. like ah buddha leo jo bro you know once i gave him cash and he brought me back change are you serious imagine he brought me back change Hey, he's actually then a nice person. I've never forgotten. Wow. Kumbe. Uh, hey, okay. That's that's new. Man, but he's an OG for real for real, but hey, if you've ever lost your phone in town, I think people know how they felt, especially wale wana wana katanga bag. Man, oh, guy. Those are definitely <laughs> And then, but how do people even feel that stuff? I don't know, like, man. You all in your head. Uh-huh. It hasn't happened to me, but I like sometimes I just wonder. Like before someone cuts a bug, like would you feel something? I Or think is that I'm all working in higher luck. Ah, it's just a skill, man. Those things, it's just a skill. It's an art. Ah. See the way you take your photography seriously. Yeah, now for them. <laughs> even them they take the work seriously, man. Hey, clearly because way people suffer mine let's do this uh, i want to talk a bit about music tell me tell me what you vibe with what you listen to music music, music. i'm a very 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 interesting kind of human mm-hmm. my music goes with my mood mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. and then my mood also goes somehow it's also connected with like my photography mm-hmm. How my pictures will look, I won't lie, like, and I'll put my mood attached to it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes my pictures will all be, like, fun and, you know, like, all color, colorful and popping. And mm-hmm. then those days where I'll have, like, some dark moody tones. Like, my music affects my mood and the mood affects, like, my pictures. But the kind of music I listen to is... Most of the times I like I like Kenyan music, I like African music. Of late mm-hmm. I've stopped like listening to these um foreign artists because I I want to try and fill my head with, you know, fellow 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 people, fellow fellow countrymen and fellow Africans mm-hmm. talent. Even when I'm looking for inspiration online for my photography, mm-hmm. uh many times I'll not I'll not look at um these foreign photographers, these Americans. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for, since you're in America right now. <laughs> It's all good, bro. Music is subjective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't listen to most of them. I try and give more of my attention to, you know, fellow Africans because mm-hmm. I feel like we have a lot of untapped talent and it's up to us to like uplift each other and uplift our music and our talent and all that yeah for sure so yeah that's me that's i i, I do my best to listen to africans so any african music any kenyan music kenyan in particular i don't know why for some reason people don't like me for this but may like gengeton a lot <laughs> gengeton is good bro like hey, gengeton claps you know Gengeton's that's the thing class. i miss here i don't 
you you go to a party that just playing you know pop music there's no gang oh, at yeah. all well, i don't please, hear please. any chris kiger songs nothing bro no African know, yeah, music. Like oh my god that, that that must suck that must definitely suck it does it does gang it's, it's a very interesting genre like I like the fact that it was, you know, by us. Like we all, we as Kenyans created it, mm-hmm. and at some point, like really, it actually made a difference. It showed us that we have the potential to create something mm-hmm. better. We as Kenyans, like we like and will consume, mm-hmm. uh, without actually having validation from other people, because you know, other like other countries won't really understand what we're doing. Like it's all Kenyan. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, that's that's one of the reasons why like a genre like gangeton actually is like it slaps for me, <laughs> does it for me? Let me ask you, and this is a very interesting one. Would you ever uh-huh. want to see, let's say, ethic perform at blankets and wine? Okay. <laughs> or oh, it doesn't fit the vibe. <laughs> Now, as much as I personally love Genkiton, an event like Blanket, you know, Mm -hmm. also focuses on people like who have a certain vibe. Mm -hmm. Okay, like personal, uh, speaking from a personal point of view, where I like how I have since ever since I've started attending the Blanket events. What mm-hmm. I have seen, the vibe of blankets uh, isn't conducive for Gengeto. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it can change at some point, and you know, like if they decide to. Mm-hmm. But if I were to be asked, I think performance, it would be like an interesting change, in my opinion. Uh-huh. I'd love to see like, how people would, you know, take it. Mm-hmm. But knowing Kenyan, uh, and then like just add a bit of ka quarter here and there, <laughs> kamzinga here and there, we all mm-hmm. become unified. So <laughs> eventually it would all work out. Perhaps, perhaps, bro. Um, yeah. Now I'm going to move on to the next segment, which is I normally ask my guest three fire questions. Don't think too okay. much about them. They're just very short. And then we'll move on to the next segment. So my first question for you is, what's your favorite destination that you've been to so far? My favorite, Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Ooh. I went to Las Vegas in 2020 for my birthday uh-huh. with my sister. Uh-huh. I'd say it was, it was, it was it. It was definitely it. one of my favorite um destinations so far mm-hmm. yeah but one place i'd like to visit is santorini feels okay. very luxurious could you repeat that again uh santorini 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 okay yeah i'd really like to go to santorini next so second question who's uh-huh. the last person you called before me who's the last person you called uh i'll have to check my phone <laughs> <laughs> no problem. <laughs> uh, let me see. The last person I've called is my friend Stacy. 
Uh-huh. Shout out to Stacy, wherever Stacy is. Shout out to Stacy Menora. I was confirming that she is home safe because uh, I was actually like from meeting up with her, we were planning something mm-hmm. and also catching up since we mm-hmm. haven't seen each other in a while. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, shout out Stacy. Shout out Stacy. <laughs> All right, last question, bro. What was your favorite childhood meal? Ah, like any other African child, she put a sausage banana. Tokawa Kenchik. Ah, Toka Kenchik, man. I can't say Kukusama, it slapped. It's live, live, bro. Ah, it slapped, it slapped, it slapped. Nice. Oh, bro, you know, I've been really, really holding this question and. I think we talked about it even before the call. I want I want uh-huh. you to tell me or tell and tell the listeners how did you end up in the US? Because you told me you were in San Diego. What was that all about? <laughs> Six months here. Well, Six months, bro. I was going to visit my sister for three months. Uh-huh. <laughs> Corona happened. I got stuck there for another three months, mm-hmm. and that's how I ended up being six months over there. <laughs> wow. Did you, did you even no. expect the pandemic to happen or you just thought it was of just like a not. flu from, you know? Literally no one saw it coming. I did uh-huh. not see it coming at all. But then again, like, it, I feel like it was also a blessing in disguise to some extent. Because mm-hmm. wait, like, those six months away, like, away from, you know, fellow Kenyans, mm-hmm. the dramas of home, mm-hmm. it allowed me time to, like, reflect and, you know, find myself and motivate myself to start creating Zuri Sasa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why ever since I came back, like, it's just been, yo, I just want to create, I just want to shoot, I just want to make some fire content. You know, I think one thing that has stood out, I think, since you've been back is your editorials have been amazing, man. And <laughs> thank you, thank you. I I want to ask like why did you decide to start shooting with Shem? What's the entire story behind that? Shooting with Shem. Yeah. Um, so as I said, like when I was in San Diego, like I had time to reflect and you know start coming up, uh, start coming up with like concepts to shoot. And one one of the things that really, like I was really inspired by was editorial photography. Mm-hmm. I have a I have a very huge liking for the artistic uh, side of photography, you know, editorials, portraits, um, mm. venues that can allow me to, you know, put in my own concepts and create them and see them like coming to life in the form of photography. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are like some of the, like that. The editorials really stood out. I really got inspired by them and. During the, the quarantine that we were all in, uh, I took the time to like just start, you know, gathering inspiration from social media, online, yeah, everything, like any anywhere I can like just get my hands on, you know, good quality tutorials, other photographers seeing how they're working, mm-hmm. uh, good quality uh, photography. Like I just took it all in and decided. You know, I can also like do this. Like, I know I can shoot good editorials. I know that I have creativity in my head. Like, I can 
come up with concepts and shoot them and I know they look good. Mm-hmm. And I decided when I come back home, that's the first thing I'm going to try. Like, I'm going to just, you know, not make more excuses, like not having a studio or mm-hmm. shooting. Like, I just decided, let me just shoot. Let me just create. Mm-hmm. And that's how, how like my editor started coming up and people started liking them uh if you can if you check my instagram like i had posted uh this editorial with uh barely hermes his name is jerry benedict and people really really loved it and most comments i was getting they were telling me that you know like which studio did you shoot at and i was like bro no i did this in the backyard like of our of our apartment like i literally saw that i bought i have lighting equipment and I have something that can be used as a background. I have the ability to create, so let me do it. And that's what I decided to do it. People didn't believe me. So I said, you know what? Thank heavens, because I shot BTS during that shoot. So oh. let me just create a video to show people that, yo, guys, I can, I, this is how I did it. And it got like so much reception. So I was like, it's so much good reception. So I was like, okay, cool. I guess we're going to name it Shooting with Champ. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, like, when I came up with the name, I was just like, okay, fine, what do I need this thing? Like, I shot, if you watch, if you watch the video, I recorded everything entirely on my phone. And mm-hmm. I was just, like, sitting in my bed one night, and I was like, okay, what do I need this thing? Uh, alliteration, Shooting Champ, cool. So, Shooting with Champ. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, That's bro. how we came up with Shooting with Champ. I was I was so confused as well because when I first saw the post before you uh, uploaded the IGTV video, I thought it was in a studio. Uh-huh. Then I'm seeing it's yeah. at the back. You've you've put like a I don't know if it was a white sheet. It was and a white bed sheet. Yeah. Yeah, I was shocked. <laughs> Many people Man. thought it was that. <laughs> Many people. Jeez, they go up even. <laughs> Hey, but bro, big up to you. That was that was mad. Uh, I really like Thank that you. series. I think it's called Oram Noah. Like, what, what does that Noir. stand? Yeah. What does that stand for? So, if you've noticed uh, in those pictures, what are the primary colors? Uh, black, red, and I think yellow, gold. Yeah, and white. So, if you are, if our high school chemistry serves us right, the <laughs> scientific name for gold is like the scientific symbol for gold is AU. Yes. And the full um like the full name was Orum, which is a Latin derived name. And noir is black. So I decided, you know, we have some melanin popping, we have some gold in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have some red, but if we added red it sound very weird. So let that be an element of surprise. Mm-hmm. So let's just name it Oram Noah. <laughs> and I have I actually have a tradition of mine. Oh, what's I tradition? come up with the names. I come up with the names of the series I shoot during. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, if I'm doing a creative shoot and the model is like, okay, cool, we're done with the shoot. I'll be like, okay, yeah, now we have one more thing here. What do we name this series? Mm-hmm. Then we just sit and now start brainstorming on the name for a series. And that's mm-hmm. how we came up with Aura and Noah, with Jerry, and the rest of the team that was present during the shoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think for me, 
one of my favorite series that you've done is Manhunt. Uh-huh. Manhunt yes. 2. Manhunt 2, yeah. I want you to talk a bit about Manhunt 2. Like, what were you feeling at that time? Why did you decide to do Manhunt 2? Oh, Manhunt 2 was one of, I'd say it's one of my best works yet. Uh-huh. It had like a really, really huge reception on the primary um, social media hand, uh, service that I posted it on is my Instagram. And to date, that is my like most liked series ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has an interesting story behind it. Mm-hmm. I had been seeing like stories of so much uh like so much things happening to like fellow guys uh that they couldn't speak about and I noticed that you know like people most of the time they will focus on not saying that they are we are undervaluing uh like women women we women's violence but and all and all that but I heard of like how more women were being taken like into account than men. Like they were being given the necessary help they need than guys. Guys were more like stereotypically supposed to be the strong ones, not supposed to care about what like is happening to them and just focus on, you know, being men. (laughs) So I decided, you know, this isn't like right. Let's let me just try and do something uh, to speak about it and see what people think. Mm-hmm. So I just called up my friend Tony and I was like, "Yo, I have an idea. Let me just shoot this thing and see mm-hmm. what people think." Uh, and like we hit up my friend uh, Lucy Robbie. She's a stylist. Uh, also met through Mudoni. Like you see, you see how I'm telling you those those doors are open. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So met up with Lucy and she also added in her own input and we were like okay let's shoot this and even during the shoot it was it was an interesting uh, shoot like we had some you know sad music playing to help get us in the mood for <laughs> the message you were trying to pass across and mm-hmm. Tony the model was really 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 in the moment we had a very I felt like it was very intimate in the sense of uh, artistry yeah. It was a very intimate shoot. Uh, and the pictures just straight out of camera, they were amazing. I knew they did tell a story, they did, you know, like evoke a feeling in some in the view in the viewer's eyes, in the yeah. viewer's heart. We knew that it's a you know it's a it's a killer project. Let's work on it well and put it out mm-hmm. uh, for the people to see. And as I was working on it, I had an idea to you know just play around with color, because I know like when it comes to photography, um, black and white always seems to evoke more emotion than yeah. color pictures. I don't know why, but <laughs> that happened. So I decided, you know, let's have a bit of this uh, picture, like this work in black and white. Let's see what we can, uh, how it how it resonates with the viewer. Mm-hmm. I sent it out to like you know my close friends first, uh, just to confirm like if these guys felt like 
you know, we really actually did do something here and they loved it. And I was like, okay, let's let's put this out for people to see. And just one night, he said, yeah, let's put it out. And people really, really, really started talking. Like it sparked up a conversation on my on my comment section, and I was just like getting notifications on and on and on and on. I was like, whoa, okay, this this is something that actually needed to be talked about. Mm-hmm. This is actually like a genuine concern that people have been silent about and hearing that made me like realize that whoa i could actually like use my art to you know send a message raise awareness on something and create like a platform for people to air out their views you know like if it's seeking help because mm-hmm. i remember like some i uh, some people were even commenting on like therapists that could help out with anyone and it was so wholesome people are just like if you guys you know need to talk come through and i loved i love like the reception that it got mm-hmm. so yeah that's also one of my favorite series man part two was also really really good just that's the story behind it Based off of that, I'm going to ask you a personal question, and you can answer it or you can decline to answer it. But okay, it's still gonna be the podcast <laughs> anyway. <laughs> During these uh, unfortunate times, like, how's your mental health right now as we speak? Ah, uh, I'd say I'm at a really good place. Uh-huh. Like, I had time away from people. I had time to you know think, collect myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I wasn't really as well. So mm-hmm. time away from people really helped me to collect myself and work on myself and start motivating myself and, you know, just stop believing that I wasn't good enough. Like, mm-hmm. you know, just pick myself up and move. So I'm at a really nice place right now and I'm extremely happy for it because, well, they deserve it. <laughs> After all that I've been through, man. Mm-hmm. yeah i am happy bro so connected to like art in general or uh, even uh-huh. photography how do you how do you find your niche oh that's something that as a person you may think that you've never found it but it's something for other people to tell you because to you you'll always feel like you're exploring something new but mm-hmm. in actual sense, you've just like you started uh, getting into a certain routine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't think I've found my fish yet, but I'd say people tell me that I am really good at portraits <laughs> and editorials. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's my, you know, that's my niche. That's where 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 I try. Yeah. And I don't know, there's like something I've struggled with in the past before is that, you know, when you enjoy doing a particular thing, but for some reason people want you to do something different and it Uh kind of frustrates you because it's like you're not really technically appreciating what I'm putting up right now. You know, have you that's ever dealt work, with something like that? For you. That's client work for you. Like, <laughs> you know, when you're shooting for a client, you 
have to put their needs as a priority over yours. Mm-hmm. So anytime I'm shooting client work, I mean, there are those clients who, you know, they give you some of the creative freedom, but essentially speaking, they're still, you know, you still have an obligation to provide what they like. Mm-hmm. So client work is, that's, that's basically client work, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still find a way to go around it. Like, you know, once I've done it, um, work on what people like. It mm-hmm. helps me understand, like, when I'm putting out work uh, or when I'm shooting with new people, like, mm-hmm. the experience gained from working with other people, other clients. Mm-hmm. It helps me understand, like, how I can relate with other people when I'm shooting out my own projects and it can uh, help me understand, like, how to shoot people better, essentially speaking. Yeah. All right, Martin. So we're almost about to end this episode, and okay. I want your closing thoughts on friendship, because it's something. Yeah, I've been thinking about friendship this week, because okay. mine, you know, friends are really, you know, important people in our lives, especially like when we're going through. We're going through tough times that are always there for us. Um, and yeah. I want you to tell me, like, how do you, like, how do you think of your friends? Like, when I tell you friendship, like, what, what comes up to you? Like, what do you think of immediately? Uh, when I think of friends, I think of... Oh, that's a, that's a heavy question, guy. Let's see, let's see, let's see. To me, friends, friends are like people who always, you know, regardless of how you are, they'll mm-hmm. always be there. Like, they're people you can rely on mm-hmm. to make yourself better, mm-hmm. to help you make yourself better. Mm-hmm. Those are friends for me. So, all my friends, like anyone who when I meet up with them, like, you know, it's generally all good vibes, uplifting each other, loving each other's work. Mm-hmm. Those are friends for me. Like, it's something I hold very dearly. Like, seeing someone someone taking time off their own lives to see, help you succeed, like, help you become a better version of yourself. Mm-hmm. Those are friends. Bro, I hear you. I figured that. Yeah, I feel yeah. like... Bro, you know, it's important to always check up on your friends because you never know, you know, some people don't reach out when they're doing badly. So you might just be that one person who texts them when they're about to, you know, do something very fatal to themselves. So, you know. Exactly. And that's how, you know, like being a good friend like comes in. Mm -hmm. For sure, for sure. Sometimes you're supposed to look out for, you know, like your friends. Like those are the people who are going to be there for you. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, guys, so please remember, check up on your friends. That's one thing I'd like you to do this week. Just, you know, text that friend, see how they're doing. They'll really appreciate it. Yeah, bro, so... I'm working up on you, you know. Are you good? (laughs) You're Mm -hmm. in the talk? You're in a booty? I'm just joking. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> talk before doing. True, true. That one I agree with you there. Hey, yeah. send them kate kwanza. Just talk fast. Yeah, send them kate kwanza. Talk fast. <laughs> Yo, bro. So yeah, we've come to the end. I've really enjoyed this conversation. I've had so much fun. You've been an amazing guest. Thank you so much, man. It has been so fun being here. Bro, one thing I forgot to ask. Uh, your socials. What's your Twitter, Instagram? Where can the people find uh, you? If you guys, you know, like the photography side of me. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You can follow me on Instagram, see my work at shem.obara. Mm-hmm. If you guys like, you know, my craziness on <laughs> my head, my weird head and my jokes, Twitter at shemobara. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's where you can find me. But occasionally those two worlds collide and uh-huh. eventually you'll still be getting, you know, the full package, the shemobara that you guys know. <laughs> All right, all right. So, yeah. guys, that's been Shamobara. And yeah, so if you've gotten to this part of the episode, thank you very much for listening. As always, I appreciate your time. And I wish you all an amazing week. Till next time, and goodbye. <laughs>